MDOT presents the Extra Mile Podcast, Legislative Session. Welcome into another edition of the Extra Mile Podcast, Legislative Session. I'm Paul Catul, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Will Kraft. Uh, we are about two-thirds through the legislative session, trudging along here, and we've got uh, another amazing guest for you today. We've got Senator Mississippi State Senator Hob Bryan. He uh, represents District 7, and that includes Itawamba, Lee, and Monroe counties. And uh, he, uh, he took office in 1984, so he is the dean of the Senate, 39th session. That's amazing. Senator Bryan, thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd been down here 39 years, you'd be this way, too. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself, Senator, how you, uh, how you got involved in politics. What was life in Amory like right now? Well, life in Amory uh, is sort of uh, changed because Highway 25 has been relocated and that's changed the traffic patterns in Amory, and I'm confident that uh, the Department of Transportation will be working to alleviate that problem. I'm led, I'm led to believe this. That's absolutely right. And, so, and going back a little bit, how did you get into politics? What, uh, I'm a child of the 60s. It was the 60s. We were all going to change the world, and that's basically it. Did you have folks, or your parents, or grandparents, anybody kind of steer you into it? Or no, I was just I was just always intrigued. And and 39 years later, still I'm, for some reason I'm here. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know how it keeps happening, but yeah. You know. uh, so how many how many reelections is that? It's actually 10 because uh, well I think. Ten, ten re-elections because one year we had a one-year term once upon a time. Really? Yes. I actually did not know that. Uh, was, it the, was it your goal to, to be involved with the public and health and welfare? I know that you're chair of now. Is that, is that kind of what you had in mind when you were getting involved? Uh, no, I, I, uh, I'm like everybody else. You know, we, we win these elections. And then we vote on issues and we chair committees, and it doesn't necessarily mean we know what we're doing. All <laughs> we did was win elections. Um, and, and so um, it's, it's, it's been an opportunity since I've been down here uh, to learn a lot, or at least learn a little about a lot of different things. And uh, public health and welfare, of course, that might as well be the whole world and then there's there are all these transportation issues and there are tax issues and there are education issues and one one pedals as hard as one can you talked about transportation or mentioned transportation we do want to get into that a little bit and we we uh, mentioned that you're the longest serving mississippi state senator so you were actually around for the 87 four-lane program can you tell us kind of what the process was oh, yeah. to get that going and and just yet yeah, bring us take us back to 1987 we raised taxes in order to provide better highways for the people. It's been a wonderful thing. Uh, when Grover Norquist was here uh, with his uh, campaign of shrinking government to the size you could drown it in a tax in a bathtub, uh, I asked him six different ways if he would have voted for the highway program, and he never would answer the question. Uh, but I think that what that highway program did, and it's true across other areas, is if what you're doing is you're spending money on infrastructure, 
You're spending money on capital improvements that are going to be here for years to come. That's a good investment in the future. I, I can tell you, I was born into a world with uh, running water and functioning uh, sewer systems and roads and electricity and telephones, and I was just an infant. All of that was done by previous generations who provided all of those things that are still there. And by the same token, uh, in my opinion, we need to be investing now in water, sewer, broadband, and, and transportation, uh, and things that will be here long after we're gone. You, you mentioned the highway program. Um, nobody thought when we were passing the highway program that one day uh, these red clay hills out around Sherman, Mississippi, would be leveled and an automobile assembly plant owned by an outfit from Japan would come there and start manufacturing right. cars. But it is the case that if that road had not been built, uh, Toyota would not have located there because Toyota not only demanded a four-lane controlled access, they wanted to be on an interstate. And if you talk to people in, in economic development in the world we live in, four-lane highways are really essential for major economic development programs. And, and that's absolutely a function of the state. I get frustrated at some of the so-called incentives that we have for our corporations which are moving here. But, but if we have someone who's going to come put in a manufacturing plant and we build a highway exit and we provide water and sewer and all of those things, those assets are going to be there, even if that particular industry fails. If you put your money into a, a highway exit, that exit doesn't, the company goes under or closes, that exit doesn't go away. That's right. The water and sewer doesn't go away. Those, those are basic fundamental investments that are there long uh, down the road. And I, I think that one of the great tragedies, since you raise this, is our failure to maintain the roads we have, let alone building others. And I, I, I understand a lot of people that are listening in are with the highway department. I'm sorry, I still, I still call game and fish game and fish. You know, the leadership of the Department of Transportation, for years, has been trying to explain to the legislature that there's simply not enough money being appropriated to maintain the highway system that we have, let alone the one that we need and want. And Unfortunately, those uh, messages have fallen on deaf ears, and now we're to the absurd proposition that we're trying to maintain our highway department off lottery proceeds, which is just, in my opinion, laughable. Which gets us around to this uh, Brad White person, you know, he's your boss, I think. Heard that name a couple yeah. times? Um, I believe that Mr. White is the right person at the right place at the right time. I believe that Mr. White has the ability to get people to listen to him and the credibility to get people to have confidence in what he's saying. Uh, he knows what he's talking about um, 
and he is a strong advocate, not merely for the highway department as an institution, but for the employees, Absolutely. who of course are the department. Every, everyone in the whole department, the people on the roads, maintaining the roads, the people directing traffic, whether uh, uh, workmen, uh, the engineers with all those fancy degrees, the people that answer the phone when you call, everybody. It, it's all a group of people, and you need all of them, and you need good employees. And I know it has been difficult for employees of the department who for years have been overworked and underpaid. And I want you to know there are a lot of us in the legislature who know that, and we appreciate you, and I do believe help is on the way. I do not think help will get there by 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> Uh, but but I think that the message is beginning to get through to the legislature, and I think things are going to get better. I appreciate what y'all do personally. I appreciate what state employees do, um, and I I believe that uh, compensation is going to improve, not as quickly as it should, not as quickly as as I would like. But I think things are getting better, and and I I do believe. A good, a good deal of credit goes to Mr. White, who has worked hard to develop and maintain the credibility and to preach the gospel, and I think the congregation is listening. I'm glad to hear that. I appreciate you saying all those things. Absolutely. Well, you know, some people would say something like that to be nice. Well, I, 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 w- I would not. You know, I, I, did, I did not get that gene. I just, I'm just saying that because I think that's important and it's accurate. Well, and you mentioned this a minute ago, referring to us as the highway department. You know, that was about 92, I think, is what I was looking a couple of years after 87. Do you remember that one? Do I remember 92? Yeah. 18 or 1992? <laughs> um, yes. We were, we were in the middle of the 87 program. But the, the, what you mentioned, and the only thing we did wrong with the 87 program, in my opinion, was it was not ambitious enough. We did not build enough fully controlled access highways. And as you know, one of my great uh, concerns is why on earth we do not have a six-lane fully controlled access highway going from Gulfport to Canton built for the purpose of counterflow. Um, it's been an incredible need of the state for 25 years. And every time I talk about it, I'm told, well, you can't do that. The cost is just, well, okay, you start planning. If we'd been planning this over the past 25 years, we had a pile of money come in um, after Katrina. We had a pile of money come in after BP. We've had stimulus money come in. There have been opportunities that if we had planned ahead and if we'd started trying to build that road, we, we could have gotten that done. And, you know, the coast is as far away from Senate District 7 as you can get, but the whole state's important. We're all in this together. Sure. And um, I certainly don't know as much about hurricanes as people in the southern part of the state do, but I do know that evacuation is a very difficult thing to do. And... The longer you can wait, 
before giving an evacuation order, the more likely you are not to have false alarms. And if we had a six-lane, fully controlled access road designed for counterflow, uh, it would enable the Gulf Coast area to uh, evacuate more quickly, which would mean you could be more certain that it was necessary to, you'd, you'd know more about the hurricane's path and on intensity and all of those things. I, I just think that's a, a great failing. It's, speaking of great failings, the failing to four-lane Highway 25 <laughs> for Monroe County, but. That's it, we got yeah. two action items already right here. Well, 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 back to the Highway Department now. If you look at the map, now they put out maps, you look at the map, it stops at the state line. But the world actually does not stop at the Mississippi. It goes on. And so if you look at surrounding states, you can see there's a four-lane road coming from Huntsville all the way into uh, Mississippi, uh, at, into Itawamba County. And there's a stretch which is finally getting completed uh, down to Interstate 22, uh, just east of Fulton. But that, that's where that road dead ends. And if we would continue that four lane down through Smithville and Amory and tie into the four lane in Columbus, you would have a road, four lane road, connecting to our system, which then connected to the road through Alabama to Interstate 65, which of course goes to Huntsville and Natchez and points north and south. And so it, it's really a, a part of a grid. It would, it would also provide a parallel route for Highway 45, which is on the um, uh, west side of the Tom Bigby River. This would be on the east side of the Tom Bigby River. And so it would provide two, uh, two opportunities for uh, traffic. And there are a lot of industries that like that redundancy. Sure. Also, since you insist on talking about this, this one road, um, <laughs> it, it parallels uh, the Mississippian Railroad, which runs from Amory to Fulton. Uh, the Mississippian is basically a 25-mile industrial spur. It was built once upon a time for uh, uh, lumber primarily, and later there were bentonites and, uh, bentonite and, and other materials. Um, but that, that rail ties in to the Burlington Northern in Amory. And the Burlington Northern has very high quality rail uh, running from Birmingham to Amory and on eventually to Long Beach, California. It is a main transportation line. So if the Burlington Northern on one of its main routes can get your boxcar to Amory the folks at the Mississippian will go pick up the boxcar and bring it to you whenever you need it. And that, that really is a, an asset. So you have the combination of rail and you have the, uh, the four-lane road. That would, that would be the sort of infrastructure I'm talking about. You mentioned Amory and the, and the railroad. I've heard it referred to as the railroad uh, subdivision before. Some uh, interesting, I guess, how it all came to be with the railroad and the, and the town coming together there. Well, yes, now we can get on something important, railroads instead of all these highways. <laughs> um, in the 
in the late 1800s, Birmingham sort of sprung up from nowhere. And so there was a railroad being built from Memphis to Birmingham. And they needed a halfway point. So in the middle of nowhere, the railroad bought some land, uh, set up a roundhouse, a, a station to change, place to change road crews, laid out of town, and had the good sense to name it Amory for the Boston banker who was loaning them the money with <laughs> which to build the railroad, which I've always thought was a good move. Probably a good idea. It was the uh, Kansas City, Memphis, and Birmingham. And when I was growing up, there were two trains, two passenger trains a day to Amory, two passenger trains a day to Birmingham, one a day to Kansas City, and one a day to Pensacola. You could get on a passenger train in Amory, Mississippi, and go directly to Pensacola. I, I, what you know, it's just what more again would one want? But but an interesting thing was, so many people in Amory worked on the railroad that a number of them had passes. And as I said, there were a couple passenger trains to and from Memphis every day. And, of course, everyone in North Mississippi understands the importance of Memphis. Why do you think Elvis moved to Memphis when he hit the big time? I mean, where else do you go? So you could, you could get your rail pass, get on the train in the morning, go up to Memphis, uh, go shopping, have a meal, go to a movie, whatever, get on a train, come back home, have, have dinner in Amory. And a, a lot of people did that. That's pretty neat. Well, we want to we want to touch on some more fun questions, I guess you could say. But uh, can you talk a little bit about Vision Twenty One and kind of uh, data driven decision making when it comes to our uh, infrastructure system? Well, I I think that's important. I I think that um, having a plan and looking at what roads you want to build and 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 why. Uh, I do think there are more things to consider other than. Uh, traffic counts. Uh, once upon a time, uh, a fellow named Henry Harris owned the West Point Daily Times Leader, and he was campaigning for roads and said if the only thing we looked at in building roads was traffic count, we'd have a 16-lane Natchez Trace going to around <laughs> Jackson because it's the only way to get down here from that part of the state then. So what, what, what you have are where, where traffic wants to go. And where a road can be used as a part of economic development. And those, those factors are part of Vision uh, 21. But I, I think it's helpful to have the data that we have. And, and among the data that we get is very good is the condition of bridges, which is a very long story. But again, infrastructure, we're finding out we have problems with some of our bridges. Sure. No. Uh, did you have a, a little bit of changing gears here? Did you ever have a favorite governor that you served with, or favorite lieutenant governor, maybe even? No pressure. Well, no, I'm tempted to say Tate Reeves simply because he's the incumbent. And if I were to say that, I think he's the one in a position to do the most for me. So it's tempting to say that. That's fair. But, uh, <laughs> but of course, I would be partial to uh, Governor Musgrove. Governor Musgrove. Uh, any, any stories, good working relationship stories that you want to share with us from that time? Uh, there was uh, a general uh, atmosphere in the legislature of people trying to work together. And, um, you know, we had a period of time in the uh, 1980s and 1990s. We passed uh, highway programs. We built four-lane roads. We uh, improved funding for public education. Um, we we did a lot of things which I think were long-term good moves for the state. It came about because ultimately uh, we all worked together. I mean, you mentioned the highway program. Uh, I 
Governor Lane vetoed that. We overrode that veto. That's right. We had a funding program for education. Governor Fordyce overrode that, vetoed that. We overrode those vetoes. We had a sales tax dedicated to public education. Governor Fordyce vetoed that. We overrode those vetoes. And so the legislature at that period of time was very broadly supportive of education and highways and what I consider the basic functions of state government. Uh, do you want to touch on any projects uh, in your district, in District uh, 7? Corridor V, I know, is in Etiwapa County. It is a, uh, a major project. Uh, what, what are projects like those doing for economic, and economic growth and development in the area? Well, it, it, it's a long story, but the road I mentioned, which is, I believe, Highway 24 in Alabama, uh, came to Mississippi and suddenly turned into a two-lane road, and there was this gap of about seven miles or something like that, uh, which is now being uh, completed. And, of course, that just that just makes sense. It, it, it ties uh, that into um, Interstate 22, and, you know, I've, I've traveled that road many a time, and it's actually sort of a pleasant drive for me. But I'm in a car. I'm not in a tractor-trailer rig. So <laughs> it's much better to have a four-lane road if you're uh, moving a lot of uh, a lot of uh, stuff. I think that's scheduled so sometime next year, maybe early next year to be finished up, Paul. I believe so. Right. Let's see. We have it here. I think it's 2023 for sure. Maybe the yeah. summer. It is 2022. Summer right? 2023. There yeah. we go. I to think about what year it is from time to time. Absolutely. Well, get up even further out of the box here. I know you spend a lot of time on the roads and a lot of time traveling back and forth. Is there a favorite, uh, maybe back in the district or maybe even here in Jackson or somewhere else in the state, a favorite stop-in food spot that anytime you're in the area, you just got to go by? Well, I guess I would cheat and talk about a road, not talk about food, but uh, <laughs> it was a very pleasant road, which um, not not that many people know about, but Highway 23 runs from Smithville to Tremont. It runs very close to the Alabama line. It's in a part of the state that's about as hilly as Mississippi gets. Um, there's very little traffic and very little uh, development. There, there, there are houses and all, but there's a lot of timberland. It's not, it's not really heavily populated. It's an extremely pleasant drive through that little part of Monroe County and primarily Itawamba. So if you're up that way, you can you can take that. It's it's there, there are a lot of off-the-path roads like that that are very pleasant. Absolutely. And so sometimes when I'm going somewhere, I take that route just because it's a pleasant route to take. And it takes you to Tremont where you can eat at the Tammy Wynette Museum. There you go. Oh, excellent. Excellent. I'm actually, I was going to say, I'm very familiar with, you know, Pizza the Stretcher Road, like what you just referenced, Highway 13 in Mendenhall. Well, it's technically it's Pinola back home. Uh, there's a little stretch going towards Georgetown where it's, it seems like a, it's a little two-lane paved road, but it runs kind of through the woods, and it's just, you know, it's very pretty and, and peaceful. Um, it's one of my favorite. I've got the painting on my wall at the yeah, house. It's, it's, it's nice to, to take alternate routes when you can. You find interesting places. Absolutely. No doubt. Traveling around Mississippi, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Small town Mississippi, really really nothing nothing better than it than that. Um, before we let you get out of here, we want, do want to ask you, what's the best way for constituents or anybody to really contact you? Well, you can call me at uh, 662-315-8862. 
That's the best way to find it. There we go. And uh, we know that you're quite busy with the session going on. So you know, guys out there, if you're trying to get in touch with them, give them a little, give them, uh, give them some time. But but I'm I'm, look, I'm happy to hear from people. That's my job description. That's what I do for a living. And I don't I don't know what's going on out on the ground uh, unless constituents call and tell me. And it's always helpful to hear someone describing his or her experience, his or her good. experiences and bad experiences it, it helps me to know what's going on so i'm happy to talk to people well, i certainly think uh, mississippians would be happy to hear that uh we have had a very fun insightful conversation with senator hob Bryan today senator Bryan, we really appreciate you uh visiting with us today and we'll just go ahead and wrap things up uh thank you out there to all of our listeners if you want to hear more episodes of the extra mile podcast legislative session be sure to subscribe or download wherever podcasts can be found And you can also now watch each episode of The Extra Mile. Just search uh, Mississippi Department of Transportation on YouTube. And remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The handle there is at MississippiDOT. And as always, remember to drive smart out there on Mississippi highways.